My name is Dulce Valencia and welcome to Telenovelas con Dulce, a podcast where every week I invite special guests to break down the telenovelas we love. From the music to the cast to the unforgettable plot twists. Every, every slap, every imbecile, every uh, secret twin. I have got you covered. Joining me today for our very first episode of Telenovelas con Dulce is my dear friend, Kimberly Michelle Padilla Estrada. Welcome, Kimberly. Hi. So Kimberly is actually the reason that this podcast is even happening. I have had the idea to do a podcast about telenovelas for the longest time, for like two years now. But it wasn't until the night of the great conjuncture between Jupiter and Saturn that the universe and stars literally aligned that I decided to do this for reals. And it all started because I was at my apartment with Kim and we were talking to our friend Aranza and her sister Elena and we started talking about telenovelas. And in specific, we started talking about Ruby. Do you remember that, Kim? Yes, it felt like the star, the stars and the planets literally aligned and it was destiny. And I just loved seeing the excitement of Kim trying to remember this telenovela, which she didn't remember well. I didn't. It was bad. She knew a few things. She knew that there was a character of Ruby, that there was a niece, and that at one point she steals a boyfriend. And she knew how it ended. Also, I knew about the relationship with the niece, and I knew I remembered the colorism. And I just will say, I was eight years old when I watched this novela the last time. And even as an eight-year-old, I was like, why? What's with all the colorism? Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense that for my very first episode, we are going to be talking about la descarada más famosa of all time, Ruby. Ruby. And the way we're going to be structuring this episode is we're going to talk about the actors, about the main characters, and then we're going to be talking about the intro, the entrada, and then finally we're going to talk about the actual plot of the telenovela, which this telenovela has 115 episodes, so it's going to be broken down in multiple parts. For this part, we're only going to focus in the first 30 or so episodes, which is basically like the first third of the telenovela. So first of all, some fun facts about Ruby. It has been produced for Mexican audiences three times, in 1968, 2004, and more recently in 2020. For this episode, we are going to be talking about the 2004 version that stars the beautiful, the iconic, the only Barbara Mori as Ruby. There's also a Philippines version that was released in 2010 that I kind of made Kim watch. Well, I made her watch the intro, the entrada. Yeah, that was interesting. That was really interesting. I think for me, like... Barbara Mori, like, she just is Ruby, like, obviously, because that's, like, the Ruby I, I grew up with, and so it was interesting in that sense, but also, it was just really interesting, like, trying to figure out, okay, like, who's the Hector of, like, this one, or who's the Alejandro, and stuff like that. And I didn't tell you this, but they really changed the story. Like, at one point, Ruby gets kidnapped as a baby, so, yeah, it was just, it's different. 
The characters were created by Yolanda Vargas Dulce, which we are reminded of every single episode. Uh, Yolanda Vargas Dulce was a journalist, a singer, and a comic book writer. So she had a really lovely and long career. So yeah, we're going to do a summary about Ruby. The plot basically breaks down to there's a young woman who basically her biggest wish in life is to be wealthy. And she's going to find a way to get rich using her beauty. Kimberly, is there anything else you want to add? I I mean, that's that's basically it. I I think like once we get more into like, uh, you know, a little bit more about what the story is and everything, it's, you know, I would add that it's it's interesting to see how the trauma of growing up poor manifested in this girl, but also like how that kind of grew into jealousy really. Like it's 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 more than just being well off and comfortable. Like she really it's this need to have it all. And the thing with Ruvi is that it doesn't stop. Like her ambition doesn't stop and we talk about it because well, Kim and I recently became investors and we were talking and we were like, ooh, eat the rich and we just want to be rich and we don't want to work and all these things. But really, our idea of being rich was our parents don't have to work and we have a house and we live comfortably. That was it. Right. Like being able to like go on a vacation once a year. Right. So that was our idea of being rich. But Ruby's is, I want three mansions and I want servants every single day and I want to have designer clothes whenever I wanted. So yeah. Yeah. And I feel like with Ruby, it's like even more than that. It's like she wants every ounce of affection too. Every man, even if she really truly doesn't want them, she wants their desire. She just wants it all. So different levels. And we're over here like we want a vacation once a year. So, so starting off first with our main characters, we have the iconic Barbara Mori playing Ruby, our main character slash villain, really. We have Jacqueline Bracamontes, who plays Maribel de la Fuente, Ruby's best friend. We have Eduardo Santa Marina, who portrays Alejandro, Ruby's one true love. And we have Sebastián Rulli playing the character of Héctor Ferrer, which is Maribel's boyfriend. We also have Ana Martin portraying Refugio, Ruby's ever-so-suffering mother. And we also have Yadira Carrillo, who portrays Elena. She's a character that doesn't really become important until the later half of the telenovela. A fun fact about the cast is most of them had done telenovelas before, but this was like the first telenovela that really put them on the map because this telenovela just was so popular. It was huge with Mexican audiences. And yeah, they all blew up from it. Barbara Mori had done a couple of telenovelas. She had done Azul Tequila, where she played the main character, who is this woman named Azul. It's basically about this woman and this guy who falls in love with her and then names his tequila empire after her, Azul Tequila, which, you know. So he names his empire after Azul. Of course. Because it's Barbara Mori, like, I would name everything after her. Yeah, for real. Eduardo Santamarina, Sebastián Rulli, they had all done telenovelas. I think Eduardo Santamarina was probably the most established of them all. 
And then a really fun fact. Jacqueline Bracamontes actually started her career as a beauty queen. So she actually was Nuestra Belleza Jalisco. And then she was Nuestra Belleza Mexico. Oh, damn. She went national. <laughs> she went national. Yeah, no, she was really good at it. And then she represented Mexico in Miss Universo 2000. Do we know what she placed? No, yeah, I don't think she placed. You know how they do like the top 15, the top 25? Oh. Yeah, she didn't place. Yeah, she was robbed. Stop the steal. <laughs> no, yeah, but I found that interesting because... So Jacqueline Bracamontes originally auditioned for the role of Ruby. And, you know, she didn't get it, but she's still a beautiful woman. Which, again, is interesting because in the telenovela, Maribel is always seen as less beautiful than Ruby and just, you know, always talked down upon for not being as beautiful. Which is horrible because... She is beautiful. Yeah. Like, I can totally see that. Yeah. Because she really is, like, a beautiful woman. And, like, I... So something that, like, really is striking of hers, I feel like, to me, is her smile. Her smile's, like, so, like, sweet, like, dulce. Like, it's the way she squints so hard. And I'm like, I can't... I don't know. I can't see her as a ruby. Like, I just can't. So before we get started, we should probably tell you all that... Kimberly and I hate the characters of Hector and Maribel. Hate them so bad. Yeah, we we don't like them. I think we hate, I think we hate Hector more than Maribel. We definitely hate him way more than Maribel. But Maribel, she's just like stale bread. Like I'm just like, I don't know. Like it's it's be a human. I think that's what it is for me. It's like be a human have some flaws, like, you know, be jealous every, you know what I'm saying? Like, be jealous every once in a while, be manipulative, be, like, conniving, which, yeah, she's just such a, yeah, and Hector is just, Hector is just everything that's wrong with machismo Mm -hmm. and with controlling husbands Yes, and nice guys who think that just because they're nice, they deserve something in return. Yeah. They deserve some sort of reward. Yeah, I remember commenting to you that he's like, I like went on this whole tangent about how Hector is like one of those fake nice guys who like they think they deserve everything because they're like decent people, but like really they're not decent people because they're just putting it on for a show because they want something. And yeah, they're just like, oh, like, I was so good to you. Yeah, Hector is a nice guy who the moment he's rejected, he's like, oh, you're such a bitch. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's Hector. And I also want to clarify that our hatred for these characters does not extend to the actors who portray them. My nine-year-old self could not make that distinction. So I hated Sebastián Rulli for like 10 years. <laughs> Damn, that long? Yeah, because I hated him because of the character of Héctor. And I didn't start liking him until he did Amores Verdaderos, which I think came out in 2019. That was the one with the short hair, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Sebastián Rulli with short hair is just, that's a mood. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Jacqueline Bracamontes. I didn't like Jacqueline Bracamontes until she did Las Tontas No Van El Cielo. And, you know, she was she was still the good person. Yeah. She was still the protagonist. But this character had, like, she had some sass. Like, she was real. Like, I loved her character there. But no, yeah. <laughs> I cannot stand Maribel. Yeah, and I think both you and I, we see the good in Ruby. Like, she does some horrible things, but we don't hate her. I can't hate her. I'm like stupid like that's really like and 
when I talk about Ruby, like I'm always like, what it is, it's a, it's a tragedy because you see this girl and like looking at her background, you you want to understand where she's coming from. And it's it's just so sad because it's just like, you know that like she's going to be unhappy like if she c- continues to do what she does. And you just want to be like, stupid, like sit down, like sit, you just want to be like, girl, sit down, like sit down and just stop because you're doing way too much and you're ruining your life. And finally, rounding out the cast, we have some more key players. We have Paco, who worships Ruby and worships the ground she walks on. Paco is basically Kim and I if we were in this telenovela. We have the character of Lorena, who is a classmate with Ruby and Maribel. Love her. And we have the character of Cristina. She's Ruby's sister. Yeah, she's always suffering because Ruby has done something to her. And then we have... Cayetano. Cayetano is Maribel's driver who falls madly and deeply in love with Cristina and Ruby is not gonna like that. So yeah, so those are our main characters. So now moving on, we are going to talk about the entrada. But before we get into the entrada and the plot, we're gonna take a short break. Cue music. And we're We're back. back. You stole my line. I'm so sorry. Kimberly. So for the record, Kim, I know you guys are going to fall in love with her and her voice, just like I have. But Kim is going to be a correspondent. So I'm basically forcing her to watch a bunch of telenovelas. So you will be seeing her in future episodes. I wouldn't say forcing me. I think coercing. (laughs) I don't know. Um, I feel like... uh, I don't think you're this devious, but definitely like you showing me like clips of like novelas that you're planning on watching does make them seem really interesting and make me, you know, be really down and just wanting to do this with you. Because they are so interesting. I feel like people have dismissed the novelas for so long as being cliched and just being so melodramatic and overdramatic for no reason and just being the stereotype for Latino and Latinidad. But telenovelas, much like human beings, are evolving and they continue to evolve. And I get excited every time I see a telenovela that has a premise that's different and doing things differently. And, you know, the the progress isn't as fast as I would like it to be, but it's there and they're progressing slowly but surely. No, I definitely get where you're coming from because I feel like after Ruby, it was like there wasn't really like a whole lot that like I, you know, watched religiously. I think the only one actually after Ruby that I watched until the end was Yena de Amor, which was like, that was so bad. And I watched it until the end. Um, and yeah, I definitely had that mindset of like, oh my God, like I can watch any novela and I'll know what the end is. Like, we're right. so boring. Like, you know, who's mm-hmm. going to end up together? But no. No. There's this telenovela called Caer en Tentación, which we will be covering. I have a special guest for that. And I told Kimberly about it. And I made her watch this scene. And this is just a tease for what's coming. But Kimberly was just dumbfounded, flabbergasted. She couldn't believe that she had just seen this and that a telenovela was doing this. Yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, it was literally the fact that I'm like, this is a telenovela doing this? Like, what? And yeah, that, and that scene along with another scene definitely convinced me to like, regardless of whether or not, you know, I'm doing it for the show, like I really want to watch that novella now. Yeah. So back to what we're talking about, which is Ruby. It is finally time to break down 
the telenovela Entrada. Yes, iconic. Iconic with a capital I. So basically, I'm of the mentality that telenovela entradas, if they're done well, they capture what the telenovela is going to be about, they capture who the characters are, and they will keep you wanting to come back. I have spent countless of hours watching telenovela entradas on YouTube, and this is definitely one that's on my telenovela entrada playlist. So without further ado, Kimberly, are you ready to watch it? I am so ready. Okay, so I can't play you all the actual song for copyright reasons, so we're just going to be telling you basically what's happening. Okay, we just have to talk about like... Uh... Like our introduction to to like this the in, the introduction of the introduction is Ruby like it's just her and it's just this her single, eyes the single shot very close up to yep. her face and she looks up at you with her quizzical eyebrow. I wanted arched eyebrows because of Ruby. Yes, like I know they would look horrible on me now, but <laughs> but on her, like they just work and she does this, it's like this soft smile that's just so inviting and mm-hmm. she's like welcoming you into her world and it's just like instantly you feel her power. Yep. And she's wearing the iconic red dress. I recently, today, I put a, a picture of her in that red dress on my dream board just because, like, I I don't want, obviously, all of her bad characteristics, but mm-hmm. she just holds so much power, and that's really what I want. I want to feel that, I want to feel as powerful as Ruby in her red dress. Right, and because I think something, too, to acknowledge the power of Ruby in the red dress is that she's owning her sexuality, and that's something that as, like, young women and young Latina women, we're not taught to do that right we are we are in most women we are taught to not wear stuff that's gonna make us a target right so we're taught not to own our sexuality and not to embrace our identity yeah and i think even like like something that's like really special about like ruby is like she knows that she's a bad bitch Mm -hmm. like she owns it she's like she constantly is saying like you know like sé lo que valoro like she knows her value yeah like she knows her worth and i think that's like another thing like that we do as women like we are constantly like being humbled even when we really don't need to be and so it's like any indication that we know how valuable we are we know how you know powerful desirable smart whatever whatever good characteristic if we show any little bit of confidence and we kind of we highlight that like it seemed as it see it's seemed as very it seemed a word <laughs> it's looked it's looked down upon yeah yeah like we can be admired right the moment that we acknowledge who we are and we start to admire ourselves i know que creída exactly i know se la muy muy i heard that so much growing up like se la muy muy really yep and also because when i walk I'm really short, right? <laughs> so tell the audience your height, just so they know. I am five two on a good day. She's five. She's four eleven. No, as I like to say, or four twelve. No, That's I'm what like say. okay, four twelve. No, five two on a good day, four twelve on a regular day. Mm-hmm. So I have learned to walk with a good posture. I tend to walk with like my chin up, and yes, I know. And see, now I'm apologizing for how I walk. Right. But it has been brought to my attention that sometimes I walk like Kimikreo. And like, I'm just trying to have good posture because I want to be tall and I don't want to lose that inch that I lose by having bad posture. 
I totally feel that. Like, even, like, if I were in class and I were to stretch out my back and, you know, like, obviously, like, you know, my breasts are going to, like, you know, be more visible. Like, I always got that, too, of, like, oh, like, you're just trying to blah, 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 whatever. And I'm just, like, my back hurts. Mm -hmm. Calm down. Mm Mm-hmm. And Kim, for the record, is Beyonce height. I am. Oh, yeah. Let's let's just all say our heights. <laughs> us two. <laughs> us two here. Yes, I am Beyonce height. I am 5'7". I am what is called a stallion. And I own it. Yes. Kim is 100% the stallion. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I actually looked up the cast members' heights. Because I was really curious when I saw Sonia, who like we'll talk about later on. But um, So, Barbara Mori, she's 5'6". Okay, wow. decent height, decent, decent height, all right. Sure. She's actually, I I know so much about height because my height was always commented on growing up. Uh, I'm very tall for, for I think, just being Mexican in general, but also for being a Mexican woman, I'm, I'm very tall. And so, um, yeah, so I know that 5'6 is the average American height because I had that burned into my brain. Oh, my God. Whenever someone would comment on my height, I'd be like, I'm only an inch over the average American height. Um, and so Jacqueline, she's 5'7", and Sonia's 5'9". Okay. I saw Alejandro's... He's 6'3", I think. Yeah, he's tall. He was, like, over six foot. Which you can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a tall man. Mm. Mm. A man. But okay, yes, we should go back. Back to the entrada. <laughs> All right, so... So at the 22nd mark, we get our first shot of Alejandro. A man. A man. But he has, like, the biggest puppy dog eyes because he's going to hurt so much throughout this telenovela. Yeah. And it's all going to be because of the woman who stands behind him in the shot. Ruby. Ruby. So again, setting us up for plot points. This is our first introduction to the story and the characters. Right. And 20 seconds in, we know that this character is going to fall for Ruby. And that our dear Alejandro is going to suffer. Poor man. And let me just mention also the theme song, because again, I have a playlist, and this song is on my Spotify, and I just, I love this song. It's so good at establishing who Ruby is. Every single lyric, it's Ruby to the T. Es una descarada. No tiene casi nada, pero le gusta la vida cara. El dinero le robó su corazón. Like, this song is Ruby, period. All right, so... First of all, what did we just see? So what we see after we see Alejandro with his big, beautiful puppy dog eyes is a scene where Ruby and Alejandro are passionately kissing. It looks like they're in bed. And the line says, Sé que sueña conmigo, pero amanece en otra cama. And then right there, that's the first time we see Héctor, right when it says en otra cama. And of course, like this like brooding blonde long-haired man who frequently throughout the novella has to like run his hands through his long blonde hair to show his anguish yeah and again the lyrics here are so telling because se que sueña conmigo pero amanece en otra cama en otra cama Héctor Héctor is the person that Ruby will go to bed with every night for years right when she rejects Alejandro And, like, again, going back to, like, what you were saying about, like, entradas, like, if they're done well, basically tell you every single thing that you need to know. And, like, right there already, 32 seconds, we know, we know that Ruby is this gorgeous woman who's ambiciosa and who, you know, is in love with Alejandro, but will end up being with Hector. 
mm-hmm. already in 32 seconds. In 32 seconds. And we get our, our main trio. Right. All right, let's continue. Yeah, because a lot happened there. So I, I feel like we see the scenes of what I call, or what we call Cancun Ruby. Curly-haired Ruby. We see a curly-haired Ruby. Mm-hmm. We see her in the ocean. We see Alejandro there being all sad and simping by the ocean. The line, so from the song is, Y me duele su dolor mucho más que su traición. Mm-hmm. And that's what, what's being said as we get this image of Alejandro being sad at the ocean. Right. And again, like, Ruby's pain hurts him more than the fact that he that she is going to hurt him. Right. Because he loves her so much. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get the shot that I love to make fun of, <laughs> which is Sebastián Rulli shirtless. In, like, the most, this pose, like, it's just the most unnatural pose. Like, mm-hmm. no one would be sitting he wasn't he's not even sitting he's like he's leaning he's lounging he's lounging um (laughs) like in this very much like you know romantic novel cover pose shirtless abs and do we get him running his hair we see his hair flowing his hair flowing oh i didn't include it in the fun facts but sebastian rulli actually started his career as a model i see that I didn't know this before this. And now, yeah, this shot makes so much more sense. So I'm going to laugh about it a little bit less. I'm still going to laugh about it. Because it's like, (laughs) regardless of whether or not he was a model, like it's still such an awkward pose. I think the thing that gets me is the awkward pose. But also who placed him in that pose, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's continue. Because we get my favorite shots. Well, first, let's talk about how we see my favorite, I think, line of the whole entrada. Mujer... How does it go? Yeah, that's my favorite line. And you see her, she's dancing with Alejandro, and then she does a twirl and is dancing with Hector. And then we get probably my favorite shot, a visual shot of the entrada, which is Hector running his hands through his gorgeous blonde hair as he looks up. As he, oh my god, yes. And it's your favorite lyric. I think this is my favorite shot. Her dancing and just this woman. This woman. Women. Women. Women, period. She just looks beautiful. And yes, she's like tantalizing. She's dancing with her options. We see that these two men are going to be her two main options. Again, establishing plot before we even get to it. Right. But yeah, the shot of Hector running his hands through his forehead. Through his blonde hair is iconic. Come on. Business bitch Ruby. Business bitch Ruby. Her walk. Wow. The power. I want to learn how to, like, I I was watching 30 Rock the other day Mm -hmm. and there was a comment about how he learned how to command a room with his voice. And I'm like, I want to learn how to command a room with my walk, with my voice, with my... And that's why, like, again, another thing I really admire about Ruby is just, like, her power. Mm-hmm. Her power. She has so much power. And I love Business Bitch Ruby. One like, of the best Rubies. Yeah, we will get to it further down. Like, that's something she doesn't appear until after the mid-half of the telenovela. Mm-hmm. But we will see her. She invests in the stock market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she gets kind of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. To the moon. So what I saw was Refugio, and then I saw Ruby, and then I saw Hector. Yes, exactly. So, 
Yeah, so we get that scene and it's refugio and she's surrounded by candles. She looks like she could have been praying. And then we see Ruby, like obviously the person she was praying for, who she loves dearly. And Ruby is just kind of in that shot. Like it's, I I would say like shameless. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, I, and mm-hmm. I think that's like very telling of like their relationship, like her mother who sees her for exactly who she is mm-hmm. and is so so concerned about what her life will be and then ruby just kind of being there really shameless and knowing that her mother knows who she is and being really unapologetic about who she is her strategy her her decisions in life so yeah mm-hmm. very telling of what we'll see so yes love that visual and again we get hector distressed by the ocean which i think is the only version of hector we see really yeah literally throughout when the he's with entrada. ruby it's always distressed hector by the ocean all right let's continue is that our first shot of maribel that's the first shot of maribel Dang, which like it- i love how they framed it because it's like on on your left you have ruby like really flaunting her beauty i guess you could say with mm-hmm. her hair flip and her like seductive smile mm-hmm. and then you have on your right maribel looking up very timidly almost insecure and you see you see her insecurity but you also see some pain mm-hmm. and what i always love about this shot is also in the sand behind maribel is a name ruby spelled out so even in Ruby's absence, Maribel will never be able to get away from the shadow of Ruby. Right. Ugh, so good. Wow. Wow. I changed my mind. <laughs> right? My I was like, I think shot. maybe this is my favorite shot. Mm-hmm. So what we saw is after we see Ruby's name being, um, you know, having been ra- written out on the sand, you see Alejandro again on the beach. Distressed distressed and then dulce what do we see and then we get a singular shot of ruby again in her red dress and she's crouched almost and she has this just look of intensity as a single tear rolls down her cheek and so traditionally with telenovela entradas the end shot is almost always the main couple kissing mm-hmm. which I always take to symbolize that no matter all the crazy plot points and how many people get in their way, this couple will be together in the end. Right. So it is so telling that the end shot of this entrada is not a couple, it's not love, it's Ruby. And she is sitting there silently shedding one single tear, showing us that this story belongs to her and this story, as you said, is a tragedy. Yeah. But I will also make sure to note that while Ruby is crying and, you know, she's she's in pain, she is not defeated. Mm-hmm. So let us keep that in mind. Yeah. And that's the entrada. So we will be taking a break. And when we come back, we are finally going to get down to talking about the plot of Ruby. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Welcome. And now we finally, finally get to talk about the plot of Ruby. 
for this episode, we're just going to be focusing on the first 30 episodes, which introduces us to the main characters, introduces us to the world of the telenovela, and also shows us la traición más grande que pudo haber hecho Ruby. So the biggest betrayal of all. Alright, so first of all, let's talk about that establishing shot scene narration. Ugh. This is one of the shots that I remember so well from my childhood. It's crazy to me that it's the first one. It really holds like so much importance that we'll see later on. But yeah, we have Ruby and she's wearing what I now, you know, feel is a very questionable <laughs> fashion choice. Um, back then, of course, it was all the hype, the long boots with the plaid with the plaid. And of course, like her signature red uh, crop top. And yeah, she's just, she's walking through her college campus mm-hmm. and she's just turning heads. And and then we have the narrator and the narrator saying, Dulce. Yeah, so as she walks and as we see all, she's walking outside of her college. And we see all these guys huddled out together who just are looking at her. And the voice of a narrator opens the scene up by saying, basically giving the audience a warning. Telling women to not be so overcome with their outer looks and their, and their beauty, their outer beauty, that they forget that what really matters is what's on the inside. And men, too, to not be so caught up with a woman's beauty that they forget to basically judge her by her character because beauty fades, Mm -hmm. but it is your character that doesn't. Right. And so, yeah, so basically it's telling us, yes, Ruby is beautiful, but viewer, do not be fooled by her beauty. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we will never hear this narrator again. So it's just it's just a really interesting choice to set this up. You know, what were they trying to do here? Yeah. I wonder. But it's the voice of Enrique Rocha, who is a really iconic Mexican actor. He was in Rebelde. And yeah, he's just... I, I can't believe I did not recognize his voice initially. But yeah, his voice gives us this warning. And then we are introduced to Paco. Ever so lovable Paco who worships the ground Ruby walks on, who approaches her with a single red rose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, like, I tend to not really like the lovable characters because I find them boring. Paco, I don't... I have some issue with for other reasons, too. I think... and, And I will say this, like, the first conversation we have of like Ruby's like is is actually something that I really respect of her because you know Paco's obviously infatuated with her and trying to show his affection in that regard and Ruby's just like you know like we've talked about this like I only see you as a friend I only want to see you as a friend so me re-watching that and seeing that I'm like okay so like she's not just gonna lead every man on and use them here and there and have them like waiting after her but of course <laughs> something that we see later on is that she will kind of call upon upon Baco when she needs him but it never goes anything further than like some light flirting. Yeah and so like you said I was very I was very surprised that Ruvi was so clear and upfront with him and also not mean. She was very kind almost with her with her words. She was like, Ay, Paco, sabes que no, que no puedo tomar esta rosa porque solo somos amigos. And then Paco's like, yes, I understand. We're only friends. I, I give you this rose as a friend. And then so Ruby actually takes his rose. And then she walks away and she hops into Maribel's car, which is driven by her chauffeur. And they're driven to Maribel's huge mansion where she lives. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say yeah. Like, and again in the mansion, like in that conversation of her showing like that she's a very upfront and very honest person. Like we see that again in the mansion mm-hmm. um, when they meet Maribel's father, and after marveling at you know their wealth and the beauty of their home, confesses that she comes from poverty, from from low income, and yeah. So basically, Maribel's father asks her about her dad, and Ruby's like. Our dad is dead. My sister is the one who supports my family and my mom. And the only reason I'm able to afford college is because of my media beca, so a half scholarship. And she says, but I'm not ashamed from the situation I find myself in currently. She makes it a point to say currently because this is not Ruby's future. Not if she has any say in it. So yeah, so in the first episode, we're basically introduced to Maribel, Ruby, and their world. Ruby's sister, Cristina, has just been fired from her job and she's wallowing in self-pity in the streets wondering how she's gonna how she's gonna tell her mom this because ruby's mother is very sick yeah so um in later episodes they say that she has high blood pressure and so um any kind of like stress can really trigger i don't know what happens when you have high blood pressure but i just know she kind of like puts her hands to her temples and, and squints her face and and sometimes passes out yeah and which is why christina is avoiding telling her that she lost her job and we're also introduced to maribel's internet boyfriend hector which is so bold of this telenovela to do an internet boyfriend and not do the typical meet cute setup and so yeah so maribel has an internet boyfriend hector who lives in new york city yeah which was just that scene i mean we all know as consumers of the media we all know what a New York City uh, conference room is supposed to look like and it definitely did not look like a New York City conference room. We expect big windows looking out from you know a very high building and we get very teeny conference rooms low ceilings and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and Hector is an architect slash construction guy and so he's showing a model of a building he's designing for these New York this New York firm. And the building is something that would never be built in New York. Yeah. It no. is so, like, it's a two-story building almost. It's humongous. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's not New York. It's not New York. But apparently he's very good at it because everyone there is impressed and just tells him how much promise he has. And so Hector lives in New York with his best friend, Alejandro, who is a medical student slash future doctor, who's very smart, very hardworking, and, and is best friends with Hector. Similar to the setup we have back in Mexico with Ruby and Maribel where they're best friends um, and Ruby is you know the working class one. Mm-hmm. And then after that we find out that it's getting very serious with between Maribel and Hector. Uh, so serious that Hector is planning on coming to Mexico sooner than expected and plans to meet Maribel. But there's a problem. Maribel has not told Hector about her disability. So Maribel has a disability. It's never fully shown what it is truly, but basically the gist of it is when she was young, her dad got into a car accident that crushed her leg and now she has to wear a leg brace. 
And she is called La Coja, very, very hurtfully. Yeah, very problematically. Problematically, <laughs> problematically. by our dear Rui, uh-huh. but only behind her back. And because of this disability, she is treated differently by everyone. So no one really is friends with her. Ruby is the only one who treats her normal. But yeah, so Maribel is concerned because they've been talking for eight months. They've been boyfriend and girlfriend for eight months, but he doesn't know about this. And so she's really, really nervous. So she, when she finds out that he's coming to Mexico, she like makes Ruby go to the airport with her and basically asks Ruby to meet up with Hector and tell him about Maribel's disability. Yeah, and oh, Ruby. Hi, um, Ruby. Hi, Ruby. So she is gorgeous as always and she's meeting Hector and already kind of has, you know, this in her mind that it really should be Maribel who tells Hector, which is actually something I agree with. Right. But, you know decides to just kind of go along with what Maribel says, at least pretending to. And so when she meets Hector for the first time, like flashes her gorgeous smile and bats her gorgeous lashes and, you know, tells him like, oh, like, despera tu novia. Like, basically, she decides she's not going to tell him and she's going to let Maribel do it. Some could say like... Maybe she did do it for good reasons, but knowing Ruby and seeing that smile, that like dubious smile that she flashes, we know that it probably wasn't for the right reasons that she did this. No, no, no. It was definitely premeditated um, because she knows that Hector comes from a very wealthy family. Hector is an orphan, which means he is a sole heredero of everything. And right now his godparents are the ones that have been managing his money and managing and managing it very well. So she knows that he has money. So, you know, this is always something that I feel like was in Ruby's back pocket. The fact that Hector was on the table. But immediately after meeting Hector, she also also meets Alejandro. And let's just say that their attraction begins right from that moment. Alejandro is overtaken by her beauty and Ruby for the first time, she almost seems like like even a little shy. Yeah. Like she I rewatched does. the scene recently and she was like, "Hola." She was like taken aback. She was like, "Hello there." Yeah, she she definitely something for him and i love it because like even in that first scene like we see like something that's like really consistent with alejandro and ruby and it's that like somehow their faces are always ending up like within an inch from each other even before like the official right what's what's that word uh court courting courting yeah. okay before the official courting even started yeah their their faces were always like uh, just like an inch apart from each other and I'm just like trying to take notes because I'm like how do I do this like how do I turn <laughs> in such a way that like the man who I'm after or whatever is like just barely not kissing me right <laughs> so basically um Ruby walks them over to where Maribel is waiting sitting down and basically tells Maribel I didn't tell him because it's only something that you should tell him. So and she leaves with Alejandro and leaves Hector and Maribel to talk. They're obviously happy to see each other for the first time. They're so in love. And Maribel comes clean. She tells him about she tells Hector about her leg. And Hector is a little upset because they had been talking for eight months and he just felt hurt that Maribel would hide this from him. Which yeah, I understand. I don't hate Hector for this. Yeah, same. Like it's like in rewatching it, I totally felt the same way. And and but you have to understand where, where like Maribel is coming from. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. 
yeah, like at this time, like it was just horrible. Mm-hmm. It, the way she was treated was horrible. She was definitely seen as less than. I think definitely like even especially Ruby sees her disability as like this very unlovable thing and, you know, always holds herself above Maribel in her eyes, not only in looks, but in health. And that's always something that she mentions is like, oh, I'm much healthier than Maribel. And that's I can dance. Maribel her. can't dance. Right. And and what's crazy is that Ruby is the only one who says this um, so directly. Of course, she like says it behind Maribel's back, sometimes mm-hmm. herself, sometimes it slips in, in front of other people. But it really is how everyone else treats Maribel too. Yeah, Maribel says her mentality was she wasn't ready to be treated differently by Hector. She wanted to hold on to this sense of normalcy because like you said, she's used to people treating her differently because of her disability, especially her dad. Her dad is so overprotective of her, doesn't let her do anything, has her driven around everywhere, and doesn't let her do normal things that Maribel could do. We'll later see this. But yeah, so basically she tells Hector comes clean. Eventually Hector's like, I love you like that. This doesn't change anything. And so they march off together and then um, a dinner is set up Mm -hmm. for both couples at Maribel's home with Maribel's father so that he can meet Hector because things are getting very serious. We smell a marriage proposal coming up. Mm -hmm. And in the dinner... We get one of the most iconic entrances of Ruby. And you even said you remembered this, that moment from your childhood, right? Yes. So I was nine when Ruby came out. And I can not tell you anything about my life at nine. But I can tell you that I remember the dress Ruby was wearing when she walked down the staircase to meet up with Hector and Alejandro for dinner. It's this strapless black dress with a hint of blue that she just carries Mm -hmm. so elegantly, so beautifully. And the camera pans from Hector and Alejandro's stunned faces to Ruby up in the staircase making her grand entrance as La Descarada plays in the background. Mm-hmm. Compared to what they do when Maribel follows down that same staircase, it's just, it's so wrong. It is, because I really think they tried to use that opportunity to, yeah, put, again, put Maribel down for her disability. Obviously, she walks, she so she walks with a limp, and so obviously it took her some time to, like, get down and stuff. She's She looks stunning. She's wearing, like, a powder pink dress. She looks really beautiful, but definitely even, like, the, I wish, like, and I think that's the first time where I was, like, I wish, like, Hector would be more excited about Maribel. Mm -hmm. Because, like, it's, like, compared to, like, his shocked, like, stunned face at, like, Ruby's beauty when she came down the stairs, you know, he was, he was, like, you know, he was still smiling and still really happy to see his girlfriend. But, I mean, you want to be looked at a certain way by the person that you're, you're in love with. Yeah, and I think you said it. We kept waiting for him to lift her and just, like, dramatically lift her down and carry her with him. And he didn't. (sighs) Uh, so yeah, so then dinner happens and Ruby excuses herself because she's going home. And of course, they're like, Alejandro, acompáñala a la puerta. And so they're walking by the pool. And as they're walking by the pool, Ruby's true colors show for the first time to Alejandro. Yeah, but only after one of the most... Before. No, it's after. No, 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 it's before. Oh, no. 
our first wait it's after the is it after it's after fine whatever tell it okay (laughs) fine okay well first of all we have to talk about the scene that happens so as we mentioned we kept wanting hector to lift maribel but he didn't because kimberly well we do get a lift we get a lift um so yeah so they're walking towards the the exit which i guess it's by this beautifully lit pool and they're having a conversation about Maribel and Ruby's talking about all the things that Maribel can't do. And Alejandro, for the first time, we see him really defending Maribel. And as a medical professional, he's like, well, that's just very backwards thinking. And people with disabilities can do a lot more than what they're given credit for. And so as they're talking, Ruby bends down dramatically, you know, pushes her hand through the water. And when she comes back up and turns to continue talking to Alejandro, her heel gets caught at the edge of the pool and she starts to fall back. And so Alejandro, as he reaches for her, they they both end up in the pool. And you see this glorious lift. So, you know, all he really needed to do was make sure her head was above the water. <laughs> but what he does, he grabs her by her waist and he lifts her up so... He I, I, This her. is so bad because I'm like covering my mouth. Just... Wow. I'm just like, oh my god. Like, ugh, the sexual tension. But he lifts her up so high into the air and then brings her down slowly. Their faces again less than an inch apart as he's bringing her down. And then he puts her at the edge of the pool. And she is positioned in this way where you see every single beautiful curve of her body. She's dripping wet. Their faces are only inches apart now. And they're both panting heavily and just staring at each other. And oh my god, that moment still holds like the most sexual tension from any kind of like moment in media for me. I'm just like, oh my god god yeah kim is getting so flustered right now just talking about it i have a video which i will post of kim and i because we watched this scene together we rewatched it together and i guess we were both holding our breaths and then as soon as the scene was over we both started finally breathing Mm -hmm. we were holding our breaths throughout this entire scene because of the tension Uh uh-huh that's something that i honestly forgot i missed from like telenovelas and it's like oh my god like one i obviously i miss the drama but like the sexual tension and you know sometimes it's like done in like really silly goofy ways like when they first fell i'm like of course they're both gonna fall into the pool because i feel like something that i always remembered from like the telenovelas my mom would watch or my grandma would watch is that you know there was always like some kind of like lago or like somewhere near a waterfall where like you know they the lovers were at and so for them to be in this pool it was just like the modern day version of that for me (laughs) well there's also always that scene in telenovelas where the character will trip and fall on top of the guy or the main love interest like there's so many scenes so yeah so this is just another way to bring these two characters together and closer and just highlight their undeniable chemistry together but then sadly shortly after this is when ruby reveals her true colors so it's very short-lived So they're out of the pool. They're uh, continuing their conversation now. Um, And um, Ruby has a slip. And she calls 
Maribel inútil. And Alejandro is so taken aback. He's so appalled. He's like, is this the way you, you treat your best friend? Is this how you think of your best friend? And, you know, she tries to save face and she's like, oh, no, it was it was a mistake. And he's obviously not buying it because it's like, how do you say something so horrible about someone you're supposed to love by mistake? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, moment very short lived. Yeah. And so um, but I mean, the spell is still there. Yeah. There's no denying it. So basically, the next few episodes, we see that their relationship develop. There's a really great scene where after golfing together, Alejandro drops off Ruby at her vecindad and asks her, because Ruby had made a comment about how she would never date someone who was poor, and Alejandro asks her, is that really what you think? And she says, yes. And then he says, well, como tú nunca andarías con uno pobre, yo nunca andaría con alguien interesada. And this moment was just like, oh, and not only like, it was also because as he was saying this, he was like leaning in really close. And she was leaning towards him. And he was leaning towards them and you almost think that they're about to kiss. And then right when they would kiss is when he says, you know, andaría con una interesada. interesada." Basically saying he would not be with a gold digger. Right. But he says it in the most seductive voice. I know. That's like so... And you see it in her face. She's like so frustrated and so infuriated. Uh-huh. And she's not used to being played like this. Like right. she's usually the player, not not the one who's being played. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so... And eventually though, they do end up going out. And it's very beautiful. I call this the only time we really see Ruby happy. You know, she's dating Alejandro, who she is falling in love with. Maribel and Hector get engaged. So she's helping Maribel plan her wedding. There's even talks about them doing a double wedding. But of course, it's like a joke. And so, yeah, things are going well. Her, her mom even meets Maribel for the first time, which Ruby had never introduced them. So everything is going great. And it all comes crashing down when Ruby discovers that Alejandro is not rich. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to say, like, Alejandro's not poor either. Right. He's working class. He's working class. Like, he's just not rich. And obviously, he's going to be a doctor, but he's not rich right now. And that's the problem for Ruby. Yeah, because she wants to be rich right now. So as soon as she finds out that Alejandro is not wealthy, she changes her mind. And this is when she digs into her back pocket and pulls out Hector. So basically, even though she, at this point, she has fallen in love madly with Alejandro, she even cries and is like, how can you make me fall in love with you this much? She decides that she's going to go after Hector. So she begins working as Hector's secretary in his company as a way to get close to him she wears all these like gorgeous provocative outfits i when i watched that when i rewatched like those scenes i really wanted to take notes really like, <laughs> well not you know not she has power like we have to admit that <laughs> and it's like you have to decide like is this a power you want to use for good or for evil i would use it for good would you i would i really would maybe most no. likely i would totally use that power for good like how though 
I don't know if there's someone I'm very much interested and is wouldn't it be used for good if if I thought there was a potential for this person to be my true love but okay but no honestly no because what she did it really was seduction also she's just a mastermind like the way she set up everything she she had Alejandro or not oh excuse me not Alejandro she had Hector taking her on like all of these shopping trips under the pretense that she was gonna help him go shopping for Maribel. her best friend Maribel saying oh like we're the same size we have the same taste and so he has her kind of like draping draping her in jewelry and fine clothes and the meanwhile and like all throughout she's like making sure she's very close to him physically looking up at him with her gorgeous eyes and there's even a scene where she knows that like he's coming by the dressing oh room so she purposefully leaves the door open and makes sure that her dress just happens to slip down while he passes by and pretends not to see him she was just so so good at seducing him yep so basically uh hector falls for her and he starts to love ruby and so he's conflicted because as he now wants to be with ruby he's about to get married to maribel and Alejandro is still very much in love with Ruby and trying to win her back. And so there, it, there's this big mess and Hector has a very difficult decision to make. He has to decide if he's going to leave Maribel for Ruby. And after some soul searching, he decides that he made a promise to Maribel. He fell in love with Maribel and he wants to be with Maribel. But of course, Ruby is not going to let this happen. So she finds a way because right the day right before their wedding, Hector has to go on a trip to this town. So Ruby gathers her school classmates, Lorena and Paco, and they have to do an assignment together where they have to shoot a campaign. So she basically forces them to go to this town to shoot the campaign and then casually runs into Hector. And yeah, so there then Hector basically takes this as a sign from fate in the universe and they get together again and he can't deny it. He's fallen for Ruby. So Ruby has tricked him and is like, I'm so in love with you. Like, I cannot live without you. Like, we have to be together and basically tells him, if you feel the same way for me, come get me tomorrow. And so the morning of the wedding arrives. <sighs> yeah, that, oh what a heavy i like i had to let out that side it was just such a heavy moment because it's like it was heartbreaking so first we have ruby which like for the first time i was like wardrobe did her dirty because her bridesmaid's dress like especially compared to like lorena another bridesmaid that we see like was just not tailored properly anyways that's a whole other thing but she's waiting for Hector. Ruby at this point becomes desperate, so she's basically believing that he's not going to come. So she finally makes her way out of the vecindad, and as she makes her way and turns into the sidewalk, that's when she sees Hector. They kind of, like, become entangled, if I can use that word, entangled, and they start kissing, and um, that's when the bridesmaid, Lorena, who's also their schoolmate, catches them and is just appalled, and she's like, how can you do this? And then, of course, she's create she's causing a scene, so, like, everyone from La Vecindad, they start coming out, and they're also appalled. They're yelling at Hector, they're yelling at Ruby, and, like, shame, like, shamefully, they're, like, basically kicked out of La Vecindad. Lorena, she goes back to the wedding, and she's just so torn, she doesn't know what to do, what to do. she doesn't want to tell Maribel, and so she tells Alejandro, 
and Alejandro, it's almost like he wasn't surprised. And he wasn't. He just kind of leapt, leapt into action and he was like, this is not how this is going to go down. And so, yeah, Alejandro leaps into action and he and Maribel make their way to the airport because they know that that's where Rubi and Alejandro go. So Maribel is running in her beautiful wedding dress trying to find Hector because our sweet, sweet, innocent Maribel still thinks that there's a chance for her to stop Hector and be with him. Which, come on. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, so, so as she's running, so she looks over the edge and at the escalator is Ruvi and Hector, and Ruvi sees Maribel. So what does she do? She kisses Hector. Passionately grabs Hector, and they're making out, and Maribel falls to the ground. I, like, I still remember the image. Her ugly, her ugly-ass bouquet. I just, I hated her bouquet. <laughs> I also hated the necklace that he gave her, that Hector gave her, that she was wearing. It falls dramatically over the balcony, and then she falls to her knees, and then falls to the ground, and it, it was just in black and white. I think they put it in black and white, too, and I just loved it, and who was there for her? It was Alejandro. He finally caught up to her. He didn't see them, but seeing Maribel in the state that she was, he knew. He knew that it was over, and... Yeah, that Ruby and Hector had finally done it. They'd run away, and so... Ruby and Hector make their way to Cancun, and there they decide to get married. So basically, mm -hmm. they go to the hotel, they check in, and then they ask to f where they can get married. So they do it. Ruby in this very modern. It was very modern. A two-piece. It was a two -piece. yeah, and her hair slicked back in a beautiful ponytail, which I think only Barbara Mori can can do this look the justice she did. I mean, I've seen a lot of beautiful women with the sleek back ponytail, but definitely like that wedding. I don't know. Her her wedding look was definitely very mm -hmm. ruby. It was very yeah. ruby. And so they get married by themselves as everyone back home is wrapping their heads on the betrayal. They can't believe that Hector did this. They can't believe Ruby would do this to her best friend. It, it was the ultimate betrayal. So as everyone's like trying to like put the pieces together, Ruby and Hector get married. And on their wedding night, Ruby runs out dramatically to the beach and cries out into the void because she has married for money and not for love and she can't deny that in her heart the only person that she loves is Alejandro. And that's how we end part one of Breaking Down Ruby. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode and I want to give a special thanks to the ladies at Bodega Exchange, Romeo Lopez, and of course, our special guest, Kimberly Michelle Padilla Estrada. Don't forget to join us next week where we will cover Cancun Ruby, the ramifications of Ruby and Hector's betrayal, and we will also find out if Hector's money was worth rejecting true love. See you soon!